The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Coming up, our third installment of the Hawks roster breakdown. This episode, we're looking at the starters. Hawks Beat Podcast starts right now. Let's go. Kevin Herter to get it in. Everyone standing at State Farm Arena. Herter looks. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds, one. Trey Slaughter. Rip his heart out, I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. You are now listening to the Hawks Beat Podcast with your host. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. I'm your man, Edub, taking you on another journey of Atlanta Hawks basketball. This is our third installment of the uh, roster breakdown, a kind of a roster preview, if you will. Um, If you've missed the first two episodes, go back and check those out. Um, There's plenty of time (laughs) because we are entering September and there is literally nothing going on. There's nothing going on right now in the basketball world outside of um, the international games being played. And so, um, you know, a couple Hawks are doing their thing out there. I know Bogey's um, playing pretty well for his for his country uh, of Serbia. And uh, who else is playing? I think Fernando is playing as well, Bruno Fernando. So um, those have been some very interesting games. But as far as the association is concerned, uh, been kind of quiet on that front. So uh, with that said, again, welcome into the podcast. I'm your man, Edub, talking about Atlanta Hawks basketball. That's what we do here on this podcast, man. We talk Hawks basketball. Um, all year round, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to get creative for some podcast ideas in September. Um, if you have any ideas, shoot them to me. Maybe I'll do a couple mailbags or something. But um, other than that, you guys know me. <laughs> you know me. Like, I have a lot going on, and I, I'm just I just don't have time to make up stuff to give you guys podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But once that season hits, y'all know I'm on it. Once the season's hit, I, I was actually just looking at my calendar for the month of October when the season starts. And boy, we are going to be rocking and rolling. So um, it's going to be a busy October, man. I'm I'm taking two classes. I'm working. I'm going to be covering these games. So it's going to going to be interesting we're going to be interesting but still going to give you the best podcast we can put together so uh as always make sure you're following us on our social media platforms facebook instagram twitter at hawks beat 
and subscribe to the podcast as well. Um, that helps us out in the podcast community. So um, I normally start the show with some Hawks news, but there's no really pressing Hawks news to talk about. Make sure you check out uh, the website Soaring Down South. Soaring Down South, that is um, the fan-sided uh, website for the Atlanta Hawks. So if you're not a fan of the athletic, check out the folks over at Soaring Down South. They do a good job. My guy Josh Buckhalter, who's been on the show, uh, does some good work over there and some of their other writers. And if you go to the website, you will see a very special podcast embedded in their website. So check out SoaringDownSouth.com for some good Hawks articles to keep you guys um, at bay until training camp begins. All right, so let's get into it. So we are talking about the starters. We, we talked about all of the guys, uh, and we are ending with the starters. And this is, of course, the projected starters. We haven't um, – nothing is really official. So this is kind of what we're going on. So we're going with the idea that the starters are going to be Capella, Clint Capella in the middle, um, DeAndre Hunter and Sadiq Bey on the wings, and DeJounte and um, Trey, of course, in the backcourt. So that is kind of what we are projecting. Uh, until otherwise, that is what we're going on. <laughs> that is what we're going for. So let's start with Clint. Let's start with Clint. Clint Capella, 29 years old, um, 65 games played last season. Um he was 12 and 11 as far as scoring and rebounding. Uh, here are the notes that I have on Clint. So first things first, the last three seasons, you want to look at the Clint's at Clint's games played. Um, and those numbers look like 65 last year, the year before that 74 year before that is 63. So when you're talking about an outlook or like what can you expect for Clint? I kind of see that in that same vein. Anywhere from 65, I don't think 70. I think 65 and 70 is probably uh, what you expect from Clint. He's 29 years old, which isn't necessarily old, old. But as a center in those bigs, man, those bigs, they, they age quicker. <laughs> like they age quicker than everybody else, it seems like. But um it's it's fairly obvious that Onyeka Kongu is the guy in waiting. So the question here is, when do you pull the trigger on Clint? Which is a very tough question to ask because, um, like I've said in many podcasts, um, the Hawks probably have the best duo of centers in the NBA. And so it will be tough just to kind of ship Clint off. However, you don't want to wait until an injury happens, until he gets really old, or until he loses its value. Because you don't want to just, you know, have to move him for, you know, some picks or something like that. And don't get much value back in return. So I don't know. Like, I mean, and, that, and that's a question. I'll, I'm Honestly, I do not know when you move him. Um, but it's it's clear that Onyeka is the guy. But for what it, for what, for what it's worth, I will say this. Clint is a very, very, um, I will say this. He, he, he's still a good rotational player. He's still a starting NBA center in this league. He is a better than average rebounder. Uh, when you look at the top three years, his last three years in rebounding, last year he was fifth. 
Year before that, he was first. And year before that, he was fourth. So um, the last three years, you have a top five rebounder on your team, you know, and that is something that is so often overlooked, you know, because he really just snags all the rebounds. <laughs> like he snags all of the rebounds. And it's so easy because it's not a sexy stat. He's not shooting threes from the logo. He's not dunking on anybody. He's a rim runner, and he gets the rebounds, and he's, he's your defensive um, he's your defensive safety. And so um, that's what he is right now. You know, arguably, he is the Hawks' most important player on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at, like, defense and what he does out there because, you know, you got Trey DeJounte, you got um, – well, look. We know what the Hawks are defensively, but um, Clint Capella is that guy that makes the calls. You know, he's the guy that's able to uh, make up for any lapses on the perimeter defense. And the perimeter defense this past year and these past two years, I would say, has been really bad. It's been really bad. And I would just hate to imagine what it would be like without Clint being that defensive guy. So. The expectation for Clint this year, again, 65 to 70 games. I see him much of the same, you know, 12 and 11 last year. He'll probably be, I mean, 12 and 11 this year. I imagine those minutes will probably be split with him and Yanyeka, probably 50-50. Will he be ending games? I think that's more of a matchup issue or or matchup problem. I wouldn't say that he's not going to end every game. I think he's going to end some, and Onyeka is going to end. I mean, right now, I think it's 50-50 with everything. So, um, 65 games out of Clint, I think is good. I think if you can get 60 to 65 games out of Clint and have him good for the playoffs, I think you'll be good. You know, you got Bruno Fernando, who is a more than serviceable backup. Um, I think that's enough enough time to give him a little shine and, you know, uh, bring him along. So, that is Clint Capella. Next up, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay came over last year in a trade from Detroit. 6'7", 215. I actually thought he was bigger than that, but that's what he's listed as. 6'7", 215. Um, let's talk a little bit about Sadiq Bay. 25 games with the Hawks. Um, small sample size, but while he was here, he did an amazing job shooting that three ball, man. from three, averaged 11 points a game. Uh, He's a career 36% three-point shooter, so that's one thing he can do. He can score. He can shoot that thing, you know. Um, He bought some really good perimeter spacing when he came to this team. And I will say this. If he is the guy to fill in for John Collins, if he is that guy, I think you immediately become a better I'll just say you're a better three-point shooting team. I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, I, I don't want to go too in-depth with that. But he's obviously a better three-point shooter than John. Um, no shade to John Collins. I mean, he's definitely not as efficient as John Collins. John Collins brought a lot to the table. And I think that replacing him is going to be harder than a lot of Hawks fans think. But um, I think if you're just looking from a three-point perspective, he gives you that. He gives you better spacing, which in turn might be better for DeJounte, might be better for Trey. So I know last year the Hawks, um, they love to have John Collins just sit in that corner and shoot that corner three. And unfortunately, I don't know if it was his confidence or if it was his thumb, but uh, for whatever reason, 
uh, that just wasn't the move. But if you put Sadiq Bay in that in that corner pocket, he's gonna kill you with that three. If he's shooting open threes from that corner from Trey and Dejounte uh, penetrating, pause. Um, <laughs> he's gonna kill y'all. He's gonna kill him. So uh, there are pros and cons of of Sadiq Bay, and I think we all know where we're headed with this. <laughs> I think we all know where we're headed when you look at the cons uh number one he's small he's small six seven two fifteen he's smaller than deandre hunter so if he's going in there i don't know if you play him at the four if you play deandre at the four you know um that's kind of a thing you know um do you go small you know but uh his defense is definitely much to be desired much to be desired and that is that is that can be problematic on a team that is just not good defensively <laughs> when you bring in a guy who is who, who brings a lot of intangibles but defense is definitely not one of those intangibles um another thing about Sadiq Bay, he's still a relatively young guy I don't have uh, let me see if I, I thought I had it on here in my notes I know he's like in his 20s uh, but he's still a young guy entering to his prime. And so, you know, a lot of folks are talking about him getting his money. And, and I think this is a, a, a very important year for him, you know, to decide if the Hawks want to commit to him long term. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what Sadiq Bey brings to this team this year. I liked kind of his scrappiness a little bit like last year. I thought I saw a little bit of scrappy in him. And I, for what it's worth, I liked it. I liked it. So um, he's a likable guy. You know, I, I, a lot of uh, there's been a lot written about him and his Detroit days. But, hey, sometimes a, a, a change of scenery might just do you do you better. You know, so um, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we get from Sadiq Bay this year if he's one of those wings, which I imagine he probably will be. Or not. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. All right. So let me take my time with this one. DeAndre Hunter. Um, a lot of people are kind of down on DeAndre. And for good reason, I will say. I will say. Um, those that have been listening to the podcast for years know that I'm a DeAndre Hunter guy. I like DeAndre. So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of the road, right? Um, I think that the criticism for DeAndre has been warranted, and I think it is valid. However, I am not as low on DeAndre as most Hawks fans are. I can understand the frustration, though. So, right, I, like, I understand the frustration. I get what what he does that drives Hawks fans crazy, but I think he is easily the whipping boy for the Hawks, you know? He's the whipping boy for the Hawks, you know? Uh, people aren't really going to talk bad about DeJounte. You know, Trey's untouchable, so it's easy to kind of blame DeAndre. It was easy to blame John Collins when things went awry. I see things more as... <sighs> Here's the thing. Let, let, me, let me just start with... Um, when you look at DeAndre's numbers last year, right? Um, he went from 13 points a game to 15 points a game. His shooting went up from 44 to 46. His three-pointing, his three-point shooting went down from 37 to 35, which it seems like everybody's three-point shooting went down last year. Um, there's still good and there's still pros about DeAndre that I think people sometimes forget. Um, 
He's 25 years old, which is, you know, he's entering the prime of his career. And again, he's still arguably your best defender. LeBron James comes to town. Who are you going to throw on him? You're not going to throw Sadiq Bey on him. You're not going to throw a Kongu or, or, or Clint Capella on him. You're going to throw DeAndre Hunter at him. A lot of the times he is faced with the team's best score, you know. Uh, guys that are too big for DeJounte, who are they going to throw on him? It's got to be DeJounte, I mean, uh, DeAndre Hunter. So he still has value. And although I will concede that his defense isn't what it um, – his defense isn't what a lot of people have expected from a number four pick. I will say that. But there's still chances. I, I think he's still a very capable defender. Um, I think he's uh, I think he's underachieved a little bit as far as his defense. And, and I think he took a step back last year. But what does that what does that mean? Right. You took a step back on what? Like compared to who? Like who on this team is a defensive stopper? DeJounte took a step back. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not Onyeka Kongu, who really lived up to expectations defensively? Like, 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 stop, let, let's stop and think about this. If you are not Onyeka Kongu, who on this team lived up to defensive expectations? Exactly. Very few. And so that's why I'm kind of like, I don't really single him out. Yes, he's supposed to be this and he's supposed to be that. But for what it's worth, I don't think he is as bad as people uh, kind of make it out to be. You know, I still see value in get my guy and I still see value in uh, what he brings to this team. Um, now, with that being said, I understand why people go crazy on DeAndre. <laughs> he dribbles like Stanley from the office like he cannot dribble those mid ranges that he takes sometimes can drive you crazy because you just want him to take three steps back and shoot a deck on three pointer like shoot a deck on three pointer you're almost at the line like it doesn't make any sense to take 18 foot 18 foot uh, jumpers and his decision making can be a little um it can be a little mind boggling. Like he be making decisions like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Some of y'all won't get that joke, but yeah, I, I need him to make better decisions. I need him to make quicker decisions. I need him to get in the lab and learn how to freaking dribble, like learn how to dribble. My guy, you are an NBA pro, um, better decisions, learn how to dribble and uh, let's take more threes more threes and in his mid-range game is straight like it's okay but like your shot selection can be very very mind-boggling you know um but it's the production the production isn't as bad as folks would think you know you look at his look at his regular season numbers and then look at his playoff numbers like his playoff numbers always increase like dude is not really necessarily afraid of the moment you know you remember that game he had in miami where he kind of went crazy like he has that in him you know so oftentimes it's hard for that third guy to find his place. I will just say that. And we saw that with the Miami Heat with Chris Bosch. Like it took a while for him to find his space as the third guy. And, um, you know, DeAndre Hunter, he was the Hawks third leading scorer last year, you know. And for what it's worth, let me just say this before you move on to the guards. When you look at his draft class and a lot of people – are like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he's the number four pick, this, that, and the other. 
I will argue that he's still a guy that I would rather have than a majority of these guys picked in 2019. I will. I mean, I, not saying I would take him over Zion or anything like that. But here's the thing. How much is Zion? You know, Zion has missed a ton of games. John Morant is acting. You know, he got guns like <laughs> guns a blazing. R.J. Barrett has had a decent career. And so when you look at DeAndre Hunter compared to the rest of his class, who is the guy that you'd be like, oh, man, we missed out on that dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not a guy who Jarrett Culver, Kobe White, Cam Reddish, Cameron Johnson. Like, nah, nah, man. Like, nah. Like, he's still a very, like, compare him to his class. Compare him to his class. Who you want? You want Matisse Thibel? Get out of here, man. Get out of here. Like, you know. So... Uh, let me get off my little my little diatribe of DeAndre Hunter. I think he's going to have a good year this year, and uh, I think that uh, a year under Quinn will help hopefully unlock. <laughs> There's nothing else. It's dribbling skills, right? <laughs> it's dribbling skills. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray. Uh, 74 games played. He's 26 years old. He averaged 20 points. A game last year, he was the Hawks' second leading scorer. Um, his first year in Atlanta, a lot of expectations were there for De- for Dejounte Murray. And um, uh, here's my thing, I, and, and I went in on De- Dejounte Murray last year during the playoffs because I really didn't like the whole thing that went down in the playoffs when he got suspended. Um, I didn't like that because my expectations for him were higher than for him to go over there and bump a ref. And, you know, you can't do that. Like, how y'all feel about the extent, however y'all feel about whatever, like, you just can't be touching the refs. You can't be walking up on them like that. Whatever the case may be, you can't do that. Everybody, nobody else did it. He did it. You know what I mean? So, um... I took him to task on that, but I'm a big DeJounte Murray guy. I think he's got that dog, and I think that next season he will be the unequivocal leader of this team. Um, I've always said that that leadership role was um, a role that John Collins embraced. He was the vocal guy. He was the rah-rah guy. Um, Not saying anything against Trey Young, but um, John Collins was the leader of that team. Trey Young has a a level of leadership, but – He's not that guy. Like, and he will probably even tell you he's not that guy. You know, Trey kind of leads by example. He kind of leads in, in, in other ways. But as far as like the guy on paper, the guy who's going to stand up in the locker room, that was John Collins. I look for DeJounte Murray to have that role this year. I look for him to have a bigger role that year because he kind of embraces that, right? He kind of embraces that. And I think that that's what he kind of wants, and that's kind of who he is. So going into year two of DeJounte Murray, I expect improvement. Um, I expect improvement. When you look at his last three seasons, 67, 68, and 74 games played, I think if the Hawks want to make some noise this year, he has to play at least 70 games, at least 70, maybe even 75. For them to make some noise, He's got to play 70 to 75 games. Um, The scoring and everything, I was okay with it, you know. Um, 
his three-point shooting, I was never really a fan of seeing him shoot the three. But when you look at the numbers, I think you'll be quite surprised to understand that his last three seasons, every three, every season, he has gone up with his three-point percentage. Now, it's been small gains, but they have been gains, right? So, in 2020, he shot 31%. The year after that, he shot 32%. And last year, he shot 34%. So, the idea that a year with uh, Quinn Snyder, who can hopefully get him some better looks... Uh, maybe he can get to that 35, 36 percentile range from three, and I think that'll help him. I think that'll help him maybe be more efficient, open things up for the whole team. So I'm looking for him to shoot 35% this year, 35, maybe even knock on 36% from three. Um, I think the scoring of play stay the same. It may be up a little bit, but here are the things that I'm looking for coming into this year. I'm looking for three major things from DeJounte Murray. Number one is chemistry. Um, year one is always kind of a feeling out process with him and Trey. That um, taking turns stuff has got to go. Like, that's got to go. Like, hey, it's my turn, your turn stuff. Nah, <laughs> that's got to go. Chemistry's got to be better. You hope that that, that is going to be the case with a better coach. Uh, secondly, defensively, he's got to be better defensively. Everyone has to hold their weight defensively. And I think that there was nobody last year to hold anybody accountable defensively. Like who's, who's, who's the guy? Like who's the guy, right? Like if they're looking at tape and and they're blowing an assignment defensively, who's the guy to say, Hey man, that's your assignment. You missed it. Nobody, you know, um, I think they got to hold themselves accountable as a team. So DeJounte. Uh, DeAndre, even Trey, like everyone's got to be held accountable, man. Like it's more than one side of the ball. So uh, I, I, I need better chemistry from him. I need better defense and I need better leadership. Like all that stuff in the playoffs, like that's 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 rookie type stuff, man. Like cut that out, man. Like all that stuff. He's like, oh, man, they was cheating. They tried to cheat. Like, nah, man, ain't nobody cheat, man. You went up and bumped the ref. Like, you bumped the ref, dog. Like, you can't do that. You can't touch referees. Like, you you, you can be mad. And they may have even said something that may have not even been right. But, like, you can't do that. Like, that's not cheating. That's not cheating. You bumped the ref. Like, own that. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. So, those three things are what I'm looking for. I think he's going to have a better year. Again, 70-plus games if this team is serious about making some noise last and definitely not least trey young <laughs> all right mr trey young 24 years old um was 26 points and 10 assists last year um just had a phenomenal year as far as like production as far as what he is to the city what he is to this team and you can make an argument that he's kind of just getting started which is kind of wild but he's 24 he hasn't even got into his prime yet you know they say the prime for nba players is that range between like 26 28 and he's 24 um snub does an all-star and um, I'm not really going to dig into, like, the most um, hated NBA player. Like, I will say this. 
Buddy is way like some of the things people write about him. Some of the p- things people say about him is kind of wild to me. Like, but I'm not one to be like, oh, whoa, is him. Like, nah, he's getting paid a bunch of money. And like he's everyone knows anybody that knows ball knows that Trey is a baller. Trey is a baller. Everybody that knows ball knows that. And um, yeah, so that's what it is. Right. You know. I, I think that this is a very important year for Trey. And I will say this, and not to toot my own horn, but um, it's hard to find people with an objective take on Trey Young, what he is, what he's produced, and things of that nature, you know? And so I always try to find that middle ground. Um, with that being said, this is a poor year for Trey. You can't burn through any more coaches. Like you just can't burn through. And not and and this is not even saying that he's burned through the first two. For whatever reason, them two dudes ain't here no more. So whether it's your fault your fault or not, you're the leader of the team, and it's gonna look one way, even if that's not what it is. You feel what I'm saying? You're not gonna burn through a third coach. So if it doesn't work out, if you start beefing with this dude, then um, I, I really don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. Um, Trey was the Hawks superstar. He No, Trey is the Hawks superstar on one nickel. On the other side of the nickel, if you watched all these games, you'll know that Trey wasn't necessarily good last year in the clutch. And that's just the facts. I mean, you can get mad if you want, because I know folks don't like people talking about their superstar. And, uh, and understand, I'm not on this this stilo that Trey isn't what he is. Like, dude is a superstar in this league, right? He is a superstar in this league. He's box office. He's the guy people pay money to go see. But he wasn't good closing out these games last year. I don't have the stats, but if you watch the games, you know. But here's the thing. Nobody in the Hawks was good closing out these games. The Hawks as a team wasn't good closing out these games. You 41 and 41. That's what y'all were. Y'all was 41 and 41. You closed out some games. You closed out You closed out one game, but you didn't close out another. That's kind of how it went last year, right? Um, and here's the crazy thing. To see the numbers of 26 and 10 and to say that he needs to get better is kind of wild, right? It's kind of wild. Man's putting up 26 and 10. <laughs> that many people have done that like in NBA history. But with the same stead, he has to be better. Like, I'm, like he's got to be better. I'm sorry, which is wild because 26 and 10 is crazy. He's got to be better. However, I'm not just going to say that about Trey. Everybody's got to be better. Like 26 and 10 got you 41 or 41 last year. So even Trey will tell you he's got to be better. And I would say better is not necessarily scoring more points or having more assists. I think better will be playing smarter. I think better is more efficient. I think better is better effort on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that 
better lies in the nuance, not necessarily the numbers, right? Does that make sense? I think better is, is kind of in between the lines, not necessarily he needs to score more and dish out more assists. I'm not saying he needs to have a 30 and 15 year, but he does need to be more efficient. He does need to shoot the ball better from three and from the field. And I would say that his chemistry with DeJounte needs to be better. His chemistry with the team needs to be better. So there is room for improvement, right? And look, here's the thing. There's always room for improvement. I'm a teacher, right? I'm a teacher. I always get observed because there's always room for you to get better. No matter how long you've done it, no no matter how much you think you have it, there's always one or two things you can learn. He's only 24, so there is room for him to get better. Um, the outlook for Trey is, is different from everybody else on this team. I think that if this team wants to be special, if it wants to make some noise, Trey's got to give you at least 75 games. I think he's got to give you 75. I think he can do it. He's a young guy. You know, he can he, he takes pretty good care of his body. Um, I think you need at least 75 from him. I think you need a playoff run from him, not no play in and get in. I think you need a run. I need. I think you need a first-round victory and, and do some damage in that second round. If you want the boy to get his due, this is what needs to happen, right? So you need a playoff run. I think you need to be better down the stretch. Again, you got to close out some of these games. You need to be more efficient, and you need to be better in clutch situations with your decision-making. You know, I think that needs to improve. Um, I'm not going to say that he needs to be a lockdown defender, but um, I think the effort defensively needs to be better. We saw traces last year of 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 (laughs) all defensive team (laughs) Trey. We saw traces. We saw traces of it. But uh, it's got to be consistently. It's got to be consistently. And I, I think, last but not least, he's got to be a better leader. Like, he's got to be a better leader. And not, not from a standpoint of the rah-rah thing, you know. But I would just say, like, in general. In general, I think he's just got to be a better leader. So, I think all these things are attainable, though. I think that are attainable. It's really just up to him on whether he, uh, whether he gets it done or not. So I think the Hawks are poised for a really good season. Um, I'm not sure if I gave a win total or not. Maybe I'll find an episode and and do a pot on on predictions or something. (laughs) I don't know. For September, since we have all that time. But, man, we went a little long, and I apologize. But I hope you found uh, all of the information uh, valuable, entertaining. And uh, I think that's about it, man. So we're going to put a bow on this podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. And like we always say, man, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So if you don't know him, you need to find him. Show him some love because that is all he is showing you. L-O-V-E love. We out. Peace. Free